Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. Coming to you again from Indianapolis, Indiana and the NFL Combine. Very excited to welcome my guest, my friend and NFC North writer for Fox Sports, Carmen Vitali. Carmen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, to be here on the pod and also here in Indy, my favorite week of the year. It's been an incredible week. It is a really fun week. There have been talk about this, and we talked about this at dinner. There was talk at one point of potentially moving the combine, and Indy is just the best place for it. It really is. It was so funny because, yeah, it was supposed to move this year, and everybody, everybody put up such a huge stink and was like, uh, absolutely not. Indy is just so centrally located. Everything is near each other. Honestly, you can get from the convention center to the hotels, to all of that, without even going outside. Indianapolis was yeah. literally set up for this. Lucas Oil was built with the combine in mind. So it's I just I don't think it should ever leave, and I just love it. And I love that the entire NFL world just descends, you know, upon Indianapolis in the middle of a, of our country. <laughs> it's great. I know it's it's. It's really amazing. And one of the reasons, like to your point, everything's centrally located. You really never have to go outside, but it is such an important week for us as reporters and for people in the NFL world. Obviously it's a huge week for those participating in the combine for their draft prospects and all of that. But for us, it's such a big week of networking and getting to know people in the industry. And what's cool about Indianapolis, there's only so many places downtown that everybody goes and that's why you really get such a great chance to make friends and build these relationships. And it's, it's just so important to the whole experience. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I love most. I think about our industry is how small it is and how well-connected everybody is and how wonderful everyone is, quite frankly. Like this is your chance to catch up with people that you haven't seen since last combine uh, because everybody obviously is all over the country. And yeah, it's a chance. I mean, for me, this was my first season covering the NFC North. I had come from Tampa and I, this was a chance to get in front of some of my coaches and get to know some of them and, and really like build some of those relationships and figure out, you know, just, just where some of these storylines lie and, and where, what I can learn from these guys. It's been great. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. I had a, a couple fun moments, and this just shows, again, how small our industry is and how it is such a nice kind of somewhat tight-knit community is the number of people who said to me over the last few days, so how are you feeling about the Dodgers? Have you recovered from the Michigan loss? And these are not teams I cover. But these <laughs> people who pay attention, who, who yep. you know, follow each other and pay attention to each other. And so that was, uh, that's been really, really fun. So let's talk a little bit of NFC North. As you said, you came from Tampa. You're now first season covering the NFC North. And all of a sudden this week was an important 
division anyway, but things became a lot more important, poignant. I'm not, we're, we're now into this week. So my words are escaping me, but oh my God, yeah. on Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, that, that's one thing about the combine. Uh, on Wednesday, of course, we saw that Jalen Carter from Georgia, who was the projected potential number one pick in this draft had a warrant out for his arrest going back to the January 15th incident in which a Georgia player and staffer both died it was a terrible situation. And there was a warrant out for his arrest on maybe his, uh, I think it was reckless driving. And he ended up having to go back to Athens. And that was obviously a big thing going on on Wednesday. And it happened about 45 minutes before this news broke about 45 minutes before his availability. So you had all these people around the podium waiting to talk to him. And of course he wasn't there. He ended up going back to Athens, Georgia. I bring all this up, not just because of the storyline, but because of course you cover the NFC North, the Chicago bears with the number one pick in the draft. There has been conversations all week about potentially that pick being traded. What does this do Carmen to that whole situation? Well, I think prior to the situation, um, the overwhelming, I did a whole, I did, you know, an article kind of about the bears trade down partners, their potential trade down partners and ranking them. And I think the Mm -hmm. overwhelming consensus was that it made the most sense to trade down to four with the Colts. They need a quarterback. Bears Mm -hmm. are pretty much sold on Justin Fields. I would have to say, especially listening to Ryan Poles this week saying he would still be blown away by any of these quarterbacks to, you know, move on from Justin Fields at this point in time. but. I don't know that that trade down to four makes a lot of sense anymore because the thought process there was, all right, we trade down to four. That's likely to yield you enough of a haul that you get maybe an extra first rounder in 2024 while also guaranteeing you with the number of quarterbacks that are needed within the top three that you were going to get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Arizona Cardinals are the only ones in that top three that don't need a quarterback but they also need a lot of help on defense. Well, that, that's a debatable conversation. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's, that is, that is another conversation, but that's the general consensus. But like the, the general thought process right now was that, all right, if they take Will Anderson, well, the bears get Jalen Carter and they need a really good three tech and Jalen Carter is absolutely the best three tech in this draft. And now, all right, well now if you go down to four, you can't really take Jalen Carter maybe that high anymore. Or, I mean, the bears preach character and how much they you know that means to them. And by taking a guy that's had these issues, that's a lot to atone for. And so now if you go down to four, you're not guaranteed to get Will Anderson. So now it's like, it becomes, do you stay at one so you can get Will Anderson? Or do you move down even further because you have so many needs as it is. And you take a guy like, Maybe if Tyree Wilson lasts that long or another an offensive tackle or a wide receiver, because you still need kind of a wide receiver one to add to that, to Justin Fields arsenal on offense. So now I feel like maybe the chances that they actually pick up one, but they don't pick Bryce young. I would be very interested. I haven't looked, but I would be very interested to see what the Vegas odds are now because the Vegas odds up until this point had said Bryce young is going first overall. Now, if the bears stay put, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up taking Will Anderson because they want a franchise altering player like that, or maybe they shoot down even further. It it is kind of crazy how much it changes. I do want to just say that Jalen Carter put out a statement that said there's been a lot of misinformation. And when the truth comes out, you know, know, everybody will learn what really happened. So I do want to just give that caveat in there, but it is incredible how, 
a situation like this and a terrible situation that had such awful consequences in life really affects the entire draft and so quickly. And I don't know, it it does become a very big conundrum. I like using that word. I love that word. Or the bear. It really is a great word. I like conundrum or quandary, but I think under these circumstances, I'm going with conundrum. And this becomes a big conundrum for the Chicago Bears. And then, yes, all of a sudden, is Will Anderson the number one pick in the draft? It's um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. We have a lot of time between now and the draft, and we will see. But certainly what we have been hearing is not great and is very disconcerting. And what do you think this does to Jalen Hurts' draft stock? I hate to even use that term under these circumstances, but what do you think it does there? Well, that's the other that's the other point too, is that there is still a lot of time until the NFL draft. And the reality of this league, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not condoning it. Uh, it's a terrible situation. It's a situation in which Jalen Carter got lucky that nothing worse happened to him. Um, mm-hmm. But it very well could have. And there needs to be consequences for that. But the NFL can be forgetful sometimes. And when there's a lack of tangible, the charges that were brought against him were both misdemeanors reckless driving and uh, fleeing the scene, but there was no mention of any sort of felonies or worse that, you know, have him looking at significant, more significant consequences. So without those Uh tangible consequences, six weeks down the road, when the draft comes around, this may not even really be that end up being that big of a deal, which again, I want to make clear, I'm not condoning it. But I've been cover- I've been in this league. I've been in this industry for over a decade now, and this is what we kind of see time and time again. Where the further you get from something, the more you know people seem to forget about it. And by the time the draft rolls around, I'm not going to be surprised if this is referred to as, "Oh yeah, he had that situation in Georgia." But you know, especially if he tests like off the charts. And I mean, you turn on any of the film of Jalen Carter and there's no doubt about his athletic ability. And the fact that this didn't happen within the confines of the university itself, and it doesn't necessarily speak to who he is as a teammate, poor decision maker. Yeah. But maybe not necessarily as a teammate. And you know, you've seen teammates kind of come to his defense and say, he's a really good guy and coaches the same thing. So I don't know. I honestly do not know how much this is going to end up actually hurting his draft stock. Um, I do think the whole conversation with the bears is very relevant though. Just again, because of the fact that they have stressed culture, they have stressed high character, all of those things that have made it hard for them to go back on something like that. They would just have a lot to explain uh, because their actions would directly contradict what they've told us and what they've, how they've operated up until this point. But that doesn't mean that no, uh, you know, there aren't any other teams um, that aren't going to take him pretty darn high in the first round, just given how talented he is. Well, and you may, you may end up with a team if he falls a little bit, a team that would have never thought they could get him, mm-hmm. you know, draft him because they're like, Oh, we can have him. And you know, you can definitely, you're right. You can definitely hear it six feet down the road. We've spent a lot of time with him. We've talked to his teammates. Uh-huh. <laughs> investigation play out we've talked to his coaches we're very comfortable uh-huh. I mean, you can really hear it in that it's, it's not condoning it but that is the league mm-hmm. that is the business so i also would not be surprised and i it, it just is and of course it happened this week you know with the arrest warrant so of course this became a huge huge story this week but six weeks down the road 
that could be very, very different. It's interesting what you said about the bears and stressing culture and stressing character. And that will be, now I will go with my other favorite word. That will be a quandary for the bears. Mm -hmm. If down the road, things feel differently. And that is somebody that they want on their team. It will be interesting to see how do they navigate that and what's the decision they make. But I don't know. I kind of feel like something tells me Will Anderson is maybe a Chicago bear. I mean, no one's going to complain about that. Let's be very clear. <laughs> they can absolutely use his services. So. Absolutely. Yes, they, you, they, you absolutely can. What else, as long as, as I have you here on this podcast, uh, we talk a lot of NFC West, of course, because of the San Francisco 49ers. But what else is going on in the NFC North? What are some other big storylines that people should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I feel like the Vikings have, they don't have a ton of draft capital right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing in free agency to kind of retool. They're, I think, a lot closer than people um, really imagine. Uh, I get the point differential thing from last year that, you know, didn't really sync up with how many wins they had and they got kind of exposed in the first round of the playoffs last year. But, um, you know, they, they have some work to do on the back end of their defense, but they brought in Brian Flores, got a chance to talk to him a little bit this week. Uh, talked to Kevin O'Connell about him. I'm very excited for the Vikings and the Vikings fans, um, with the aggressive system that flows bringing in and kind of how they end up, uh, retooling his defense to kind of fit his scheme. So I was really interested kind of in that storyline. Of course there was there's always something about Aaron Rodgers, uh, and but like it was kind of a big nothing burger because he you know went on that podcast after he emerged from the darkness and said that he has a decision but he's not saying the decision yet and we don't know if he's going to continue to be a Green Bay Packer. Uh, the Packers coaching staff is not here this week, but Brian Gutenkutz, their uh, general manager, did speak uh, on Tuesday. And, you know, just reiterated that there really wasn't an update. It was interesting to me, though. He said that he hadn't even talked to Aaron at length um, since the end of the conclusion of the season. Um, well, that darkness retreat was completely silent. So that maybe had I mean, that's true. But we're, what, you know, six weeks removed from the end of the season? More than that? Yeah, no, more than that. Two months removed from the season. So you are telling me that a guy who's yet again on the fence about either coming back as a football player in general, or maybe retiring or coming back to green Bay. You haven't spoken to him in, at length in two months, just a couple of text messages here and there. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So we'll see what ends up happening. I still think that the overwhelming uh, likelihood is that he stays a green Bay Packer and this is all for naught. but it's just interesting. The juxtaposition of Aaron Rodgers being this league veteran, this, you know, you can never take away his accomplishments and who he is as a quarterback. Um, but he's kind of now with a team that is growing and is young and is growing into itself. And so you've got like this veteran and you've got the rest of the team that is a little bit more inexperienced and they're trying to grow together. And um, it's going to be really important if he does stay with them that um, he becomes that leader that they need him to be of those younger guys. And that's, I think what we're, they're trying to figure out if he's going to be, but um, yeah, it's, there's no, it's never a dull moment up there. It is never a dull moment. And I was going to say, before you go, before we go to the, the lions, I just, I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers in my, is probably going to stay in green Bay after all of this, but <laughs> let's pretend he doesn't. Where do you think the best landing spots are for him? 
It's hard because I've uh, I've written kind of extensively about this on FoxSports.com that this is like rivaling European soccer contracts where in Europe, in like in the English premier league, you have to buy a player out just for the right to negotiate with him and give him a contract. So you think, look at this Aaron Rodgers situation, given that he's under contract and it's such a big contract that he's guaranteed. I mean, there would definitely be some restructuring. He acknowledged that, but to get him to trade for him, you're having to give up a haul just to then have to pay him one way or the other $60 million for one year. And so this is, it's, it's unprecedented, but not entirely. I mean, you think about Matt Ryan moving from the Falcons. The Falcons ate a ton of dead money to move mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, but it was to offload, you know, it was, it was, all right, we'll bite the bullet now, but we're going to be better off. And that's the situation the Packers are in. They're still going to eat a ton of dead money if Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere, but instead of having his escalating cap hit for the next two years, they now, you know, kind of get out of this uh, a little bit easier. That being said, the only team I really see being able to play ball here is probably the New York Jets. Because also Aaron Rodgers can control where he goes and where he doesn't. So you have to look at teams that are contenders. You have to look at teams that are set up well, um, that he, you know, the systems he would fit. They have Nathaniel Hackett now in New York. As his OC, Hackett and Rodgers are still very tight. Uh, they have an incredible defense that you know you can lean on as you kind of get adjusted to New York. You have the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, I should say, defensive rookie of the year. Um, so you have some really exciting young weapons um, to be able to work with out there, and I think that that makes the most sense. It's just again, can they eat that contract while also trading so much just to get him? And I don't know the answer to that, but if we've learned anything too in this league, it's elite quarterback play is few and far between. And if you can guarantee that the Jets could be real contenders next year, if they had him. And one other thing with the Jets that we didn't mention, but I think is very important is they also have green. So that's just an easy transition. I mean, there you go. You know, he probably has a lot of green in his closet. So it's, it's, you're good. I really get the hard hitting questions. (laughs) That's the analysis, you know, that you you need to have. There's my hashtag analysis. It's just an easy transition with green. All right, let's go to the lions mm-hmm. and my guy, Aiden Hutchinson, go blue forever. <laughs> trophy of my heart. Uh, I think this is an exciting young football team. Actually. I'm kind oh of my God. excited. They're my, they're my dark horse this year for the NFC or okay. the NFC North because they, they talk about culture. I saw it firsthand. I was at the week 18 game in Lambeau when the lions knocked the Packers out of the playoffs Lions had gotten word right before that game that they were out. They had nothing left to play for, but it was literally the only thing I should say they had left to play for was spite. And we love some petty Kings. So they said, Absolutely. if we're not going to the playoffs, neither are you guys. And Dan Campbell rallied that team. Uh, I talked to some of their coaches and asked kind of what the pregame message was. And I, I can't exactly say it on a podcast, but it was F I say shit. <laughs> You can say you can say that. Okay, it was it was it was that shit up was was the um, battle cry essentially in that locker room pregame, and that's exactly what they did. They went out, they they punched the Packers in the mouth, kept them out of the playoffs, and to be able to galvanize a team like that, it is one of the more intangible things, but that doesn't mean that it's any less important. And I talked to a bunch of the players; they absolutely adore playing for Dan Campbell and his staff. His staff is so much fun. That entire locker room is so much fun. Every time I got to go up there, they were just 
everyone just ha- was having a good time. And like the first time I went up there, they weren't even winning yet, but they were still having a good time. And they had this belief in themselves. And what makes them so exciting too, is you look, especially the defensive side of ball, talk about Aiden Hutchinson, the amount of production that they got out of their rookies on the defensive side of the ball this year was, and it was rookies that kind of came out of nowhere too. Not only was it Aiden Hutchinson who, you know, went to second overall and you had all of these hopes for him that he just not only met, but shattered, like just, he was, he was so good this year. So polished for such a young player, but then you got guys like Kirby Joseph safety out of Illinois. You got um, James Houston from Jackson state undrafted. You don't start him until I think like week 10 or 12. I'm forgetting now, but he gets into seven, eight sack territory. And the amount of production they got out of these young players that they got later or not at all in the draft uh, just makes, I, I asked um, Brad Holmes about it yesterday. I was like, How, can you pinpoint something that allowed these guys to have such an impact and such success, uh, you know, in their first season? And he was like, you know, listen, I really trust our evaluation process. He gave a lot of credit to his staff. And he also said, we have coaches that develop these guys that care about these guys that are some of the best in the business and I trust them. And you, you, like, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You see how, how much these guys develop towards the end of the season and how much they turned everything around. So I could expect them to continue that momentum that they had at the back half of last season uh, and be a really dangerous team in the NFC North. Well, when you just, you said something that resonated for me as a 49ers beat reporter and probably to 49ers fans is that when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch came in in 2017, this team started, they started 0 and 9 and they were not winning. But like you said about the lions, they were having a good time because they bought in, Mm -hmm. they understood they were rebuilding and they got it. And, you know, then they go on that run at the end of that season with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think that is really encouraging to should be encouraging to lions fans because you see like what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have built with the 49ers. And I, I do believe if you can be having a good time taking it seriously and all of that, but knowing that you're building towards something, even when you're not winning to me, that is the recipe for a winning culture of football. In the future. Yes. And sustained success on top of that. So yeah, I'm really excited for them. Like I said, they're, just, and they're such a fun team to cover. They're all just Dan Campbell's just does such a great job. He talked about it yesterday too, about letting guys be themselves, his coaches, his players, And that starts at the top too, uh, with Sheila, their owner that really just, I mean, like Dan Campbell is, Dan, the man Campbell, uh, you know, he's, he's not necessarily your typical, uh, head coach. He's not very prim and proper. He's your football guy. And he says things like he's going to bite people's kneecaps and all that other stuff. And no one, everybody is very encouraging of just be exactly who you are. And when players feel supported like that too, I think that that is one of those, again, intangibles that just makes such, such a difference. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for joining me today. Let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, well, I'm Carmi V uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. All of my articles appear on foxsports.com. Uh, and I do some you know, appearances here and there uh, and, and all over the place, but based out of Chicago. So please follow me uh, and, and come on my Twitter and social media journey with me. We have a lot of fun. You guys, you can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and do all the things. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.